You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click donate. Those whose differences cause them to be seen or or treated as less than, they should be heard. By being open to their experiences and their stories, we can expand our own understanding of what a just and safe world for everyone might look like. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 387. Our title this week is Openness to change, and our reading is from Mark 7, 24-37. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed, and the demon was gone. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. There, some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Ephatha, which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. So, so this week, we read one of my favorite stories in the Gospels of Mark, the Syrophoenician woman. I, I love this story because it paints a very human view of Jesus. This woman is is the hero in the story. She she points out Jesus' limited way of viewing Gentiles and, and, and his limited way of view, viewing the scope of his liberation. And I believe this story was specifically aimed at early Jesus followers who suffered from the same limitations as Mark's Jesus did. The story illustrates what we would call intersectionality today as well. Intersectionality, remember, is a way of describing the relationships between systems of oppression, domination, and discrimination. The the model, first developed by uh, Kimberly Crenshaw, she describes oppression as an interlocking matrix and helps us to examine how biological, social, cultural uh, categories such as gender, race, class, ability, sexual orientation, religion, uh, 
caste, uh, species, other axis of identity, they all interact on multiple and often simultaneous levels, and they contribute to systemic injustice and social inequality. The woman in this story, she experienced multiple social oppressions that also connected to the oppression of Jewish people under Rome. Uh, It says in the text, the woman was a Greek born in Syrian Phoenicia. And Jesus questions her using the the worst language. He asks, is it right to give the children's bread to the dogs? No human should ever be called a dog, especially a woman of another race or ethnicity than one's own. And two of the most popular interpretations of this story explain that Jesus is merely play-acting to teach on-looking disciples an important lesson in generosity. And and I find this interpretation lacking, to be honest. I don't think it's motivated uh, by honesty about the narrative, but a desire to protect Jesus from anything that might make him look bad. And while I can sympathize with this protectiveness, I still find the arguments unconvincing. The other, which I think is more plausible and valuable explanation, is that in real time, Jesus is growing in his own understanding and experience of intersectionality. This woman belonged to a people group that had once oppressed the Jewish people. It says she was a Greek, yet there's absolutely no indication that she herself felt superior to Jewish people. She was also a woman trying to survive in a a patriarchal culture. The patriarchal setting of this story, it it, it begs the question, where's her husband? Why is her husband or or the girl's father not making this request of Jesus as fathers do often in Mark? You can see this in Mark chapter 5, verse 22. Is this woman a single mother? In, In a patriarchal world, what does it mean for this woman to be speaking for herself and for her daughter? And the author of Mark has Jesus right wrestling out loud, is it right for a Jewish male to help her, a Gentile, and a woman? Intersectionality tells us that every person has a complex identity. Just as the Greeks had once sought to exterminate the Hebrews, the ancient Hebrews even had once engaged in the genocide and colonization of the Canaanites. The Hebrews also participated in in cultural patriarchy, similar to that in Hellenistic Tyre and Sidon, and and though they suffered economic poverty under Rome's high taxes during Jesus' time, the Hebrews had also a history of oppressing the poor with their own kings. You can read about it in Amos 2, verse 6, and Amos 5, 7, and verse 11, and verse 24. And yes, this Greek woman belonged to a people who had once oppressed the Hebrews, but that day, she herself needed liberation. And did Jesus have enough mercy for her as well. What I appreciate about this story is that this woman has the courage to push back against Jesus's harmful language, uh, to get him to see her humanity and the ugliness of his language. In the end, Jesus does understand, and his compassion compassion for her, it, it wins out. But, but we must not fail to see the depth of his struggle uh, if we're going to 
glean anything from this story, the depth of his struggle between genuinely questioning what is right and allowing his questions to give way, not to rightness, but to compassion itself. I think of Christians today who still need the permission of their own sacred text to tell them that compassion is allowed or, or, or right. In this story, Jesus doesn't wait for permission. He allowed compassion to govern his thinking and ultimately arrived at the right choice. And I'm thankful for a woman who didn't give up, but persisted in helping Jesus and his disciples see her shared humanity and, and her immediate need, despite their culturally conditioned prejudice. In that moment, she was the teacher of the teacher. And I'm also thankful for a Jesus who is willing to listen to her, a Jesus open to being shown a, a larger view, even of his own world. Had Jesus sent her away, one could have argued that he would have done the right thing according to some of his peers, yet a great injustice would have been committed, and therefore it would have been wrong. Instead, Jesus listened to her. He entered into a, a fuller experience of his even his own ethical teachings of love and justice that day, thanks to this woman. Jesus models for us how we, too, can grow in the way we understand our world by being open to listening to the experiences and stories of those who are unlike ourselves. We're not all the same. We are all of the same worth, yet there is a vast diversity within humanity, and these differences they should not only be celebrated, they should be heard and attended to and learned from. In our present system, those whose differences cause them to be seen or, or treated as less than, they should be heard. By being open to their experiences and their stories, we can expand our own understanding of what a just and safe world for everyone might look like. We can be like Jesus, the Jesus in this specific story to follow Jesus, to mimic his example, we can choose in these moments not to get defensive, but to apologize when our own faults are pointed out and to be humble enough and willing to embrace change. As a, a white, straight, cisgender, middle-class male, I'm reminded of the times that those who are different from me have called me to understand the world in much larger ways. I'm thankful for my feminist, my womanist, my LGBTQ, my black and brown friends and, and many others who, like this woman in this story, cared about me enough to push back on my limited way of perceiving the world. They expended energy to help me understand how hurtful my behavior was at that moment. They not only called me to do better, they also believed I could be better. For each of them, I am deeply grateful. They didn't have to do that. They could have just left me as ignorant as they found me. But instead, like the Syrophoenician woman, they engaged a, a labor of love on my behalf, and I'm also glad that I chose to listen. And, and this story calls me to continue this process. It calls me to look out for places I still need to grow in, in my understanding of others and our, our work of making our world a safe and just home for everyone. So in a way, the Jesus of this story and Mark faced the same dilemma that we face when navigating social realities. And so I'm thankful to see this side of Jesus. I 
I'm just as thankful for the woman who helped him grow in compassion and justice. And I wish we had more time to discuss the second story in this week's reading, uh, but we'll get to it another time. It's a story with a long history of ableist interpretations that have done much damage to disabled people. But again, that will have to be for another time. For now, may we show the same willingness to perceive the world in those much larger ways like we see in the Jesus of our story this week. If Christians would follow Jesus in just this one thing alone, what a difference it would make. Heart Group Application, share something that spoke to you from this week's eSight or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, share an experience where you chose in a difficult moment not to get defensive, but to apologize when your own faults were pointed out and, and you chose to be humble and willing to embrace change and discuss that experience with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone. Thanks for checking in with us today right where you are. Keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working towards justice. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.